0: You know, there was a point in my life where I was reading all these history books and philosophy books, and even so-called holy books, and I was going on a life journey. And I was reading Plato alongside Confucius, and uh, I ultimately read the Bible cover to cover. I mean, it's the perennial bestseller of all time, so I thought, well, I've got to read this book cover to cover. And uh first thing I noticed was, well, this isn't just some holy book or some moral guide for living. This is a history book. It's actually a collection of 66 separate ancient texts written by 40 different uh, authors over about 1,500 years. And I realized, man, from Genesis to Revelation, over 1,500 years of writing, it was tight. I mean, the models, the types, the codes, the predictions, the insights, the, the prophecies, the story itself. You couldn't put that together with today's supercomputers. And yet I have fishermen, I've got kings, I've got smart people, I've got somewhat not smart people, all putting to this together in such a tight, cohesive format. Uh, the the integration for me was just supernatural. And I started looking at these uh, these different models and these different types. I tested hundreds of them. And I started looking at these so-called historical prophecies. And I tested them all. I mean, I was really one of those freaks that, that tested them all. And, and I got to a point where, wait, isn't the Bible just uh, an interpretation of an interpolation of, some kind of oral tradition that has no real connection to the uh, ancient manuscripts, even if they existed at all. I mean, really, come on. And I went back and I went, Wow, no, we have incredible manuscript evidence. When I looked at the Old Testament and the the history of these Israelite scribes and how they meticulously copied uh, each uh, uh, scroll, each manuscript over and over, they counted every word, they counted every line, every paragraph. Uh, And then we have the Septuagint version that was laid down in about 250 B.C. And then we discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls just in recent times, 1940s and 1950s, that just helps us take leaps ahead with textual criticism of the Old Testament scriptures. Then I looked at the New Testament, and wow, we just passed 25,000 copies and fragments of original manuscript copy for the New Testament. And what this allows us to do is to compare all these different manuscripts together and weed out the bad pieces, the variants, the corruptions, to really get to a point today where what we're reading is really tight as compared to the earliest manuscripts we have. And then I looked at all this archaeology. You know, archaeology was treasure hunting until about 150 years ago, just people just going in and grave robbing and botching up expeditions and and tombs and things like that. And within the last 150 years, we've really taken a meticulous angle on managing these different archaeological finds in the Middle East. We've broken the the, the code on ancient cuneiform, which was a dead language. and Now we can read all these tablets about all these ancient kings and all these ancient civilizations, treaties, etc. We broke the code on ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. We can now read all these reliefs and stels and all these victory proclamations. And what are they doing? They're pointing to absolute integrity of the Old Testament scriptures. And then you can look at New Testament archaeology. And you can see all the places where Jesus walked and all the places where people were healed. All these different uh, springs and and pools and uh, different places from uh, around the... the Dead Sea, around the Sea of Galilee, and around the ancient city of Jerusalem. Phenomenal finds, only in the last, now just a couple decades. So when I started putting all of this stuff together, and I was looking at the manuscripts, and I was looking at the history, and I was looking at the integrity of it all, and I was looking at the archaeology, I was absolutely blown away. See, I was kind of just fed a lie that this is just another philosophy book for living, and I realized, no, the people, the places, the events, the cultures, the treaties, the events, they happened. And then I was, as I was looking at the underlying theology of all this, I had a recurring theme that actually made me feel kind of uncomfortable. You see, from Genesis all the way through to the New Testament, you have this, this, this recurring notion of a of a Shiloh, a Savior, as he was called in Genesis, a Mashiach, a Messiah, as he was called in Isaiah, he was called in the Psalms of David. Um, We have this Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, We have a Redeemer that Job described that would set foot on this earth and save him and all of mankind. And as you walk through this incredible prophetic tale, you realize that the Old Testament is indeed the New Testament concealed. And that the New Testament is in fact the Old Testament revealed. And that revelation was through the God-man, Jesus Christ. So I, for any other reason, just because it's the perennial bestseller of all time, check out the book. Read it cover to cover just as an intellectual exercise and see where you come out on the biblical text.